it's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. Happy New Year and welcome to 2017. I'm super excited about all of the possibilities that this new year holds. It always feels so good to me to begin again, set new goals, um, really just kind of set new intentions for how I want to live. My whole desire here with the Great Big Yes is to share stories with you of people who have said yes in their lives people who are living with passion and purpose, people who are making a difference in the world. Through these stories, I hope that you're encouraged and inspired to say yes in your own life. Our desire is to live a life that we don't have to take a vacation from, a life where we wake up every morning excited about what's to come, excited about what we're doing with our lives, that we would spend time on things that matter to us, things that um, give us purpose, and that we feel passionate about. So I hope these stories help you connect to that part of yourself, that desire in yourself to live a life that you love, a life that you're excited about, a life that you're proud of, a life that you want to get back to. You can't wait to wake up in the morning, that you have this energy around it because you know that it's your purpose. And that is what I hope uh, these stories encourage and inspire you to find in your own life. So welcome. Today I'm speaking with Chidima Ozor. She is a good friend of mine. She's also known as the Type A Hippie, and she has a website and a podcast and is doing a lot of amazing things that she's going to tell us about. So I can't wait for you to meet Chi. I hope you enjoy. And again, welcome to the Great Big Yes podcast into 2017. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Um, it's Sue with the Great Big Yes podcast, and I am here today. I'm so excited to be here today with my friend Chi. And I just would love for her to um, introduce herself. She has her own podcast, which we're going to be talking about. And I'm going to put all the information on the website. Um, but she's doing like a million amazing things. And so um, I'm excited for you to meet her. So Chi, can you just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Sure. So my name is Chidima. I'm Chidima Ozor. And I'm also known as the Type A Hippie. And so I have a business called the type A hippie, which is totally my speed because I'm very, very type A in many respects and then so, so hippie in it. other respects. And then I also have a nonprofit called ACT, and that is short for Aroma Compassion Therapy, and it's all about providing aromatherapy experience and essential oil education with or excuse me to along with trauma sensitive yoga and yoga therapy to three distinct populations and the first one is first responders so firefighters police officers EMTs medics the second population are ER physicians nurses and social workers, and the third population are military personnel that are both active, but also retired or veterans. And okay, so I, I just have to stop you because that is amazing. That is so amazing. Like you're taking care of the people who take care of us. That's right. That's so good and they need it so much. Yeah, now, well, and I, yeah, a lot of people, um, I believe that people have seen those particular populations and definitely countless others. They've seen things too that 
I don't believe we were created to see. So like they've seen so much tragedy and pain and disruption and corruption and death, you know, um, and have to make split decisions about life or death. And that stays in the body. And so if they're not resolving the trauma that they are experiencing, even as a third party, then it, it has no place to go. There's no real resolution. And so, so how do you find these people that will, that you can work with? Like, how do you reach them to know that this is available? Sure. So I am working on putting together a website. So that's, number one, but I've just been doing kind of some grassroots stuff. So reaching out, I'm the yoga coordinator for team RWB, which is an amazing organization and it's across the country. And so it stands for team red, white, blue. And these are people that are active or retired or veterans, military personnel and civilians. So it's just getting this community to essentially play together, do health and wellness fitness activities together. So our chapter, so here in Ann Arbor, so I started in Vegas. Um, so I just recently moved back to Ann Arbor, Michigan from Las Vegas, and I was there for almost 10 years. And so I was writing a wellness blog and doing teaching yoga after hikes for Team RWB Las Vegas. Cool. And then when I moved to California, I was attempting to get connected with the Southern California chapter. However, it didn't happen. And I was only there living in California for about three months while I was in school. I had gotten accepted to a pre-med post-bac program in LA. And so once I realized that the divine was redirecting me home, I decided I would get more connected with team RWB once I got back to Ann Arbor. And then the rest is kind of history. I connected with them and reached out and have done some work and then um, we'll be, I'm really excited about 2017 because, which is in like three days, which is crazy, <laughs> two days. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about what we will have in store then. So I, I, I connected with Team RWB and then I've just reached out to, whenever I read a, an article in a magazine or online, I will reach out to someone and say, listen, I'm available, you know, would love to connect and then kind of some one-offs. So do you feel like this is kind of a, um, are there other groups out there doing this? Cause I don't feel like this is very common. Like I feel like this is really special. Totally. Yeah. There are definitely organizations that are dedicated to helping military personnel, uh, whether they're active or retired or veterans. I love the concept of team RWB because it's all about getting people active and getting people engaged in the community. So it's not just relegated to military. It's also their families and just their community. So we had a cool event at the beginning of this month across the country called Eagle Namaste. And so many yoga teachers across the country taught these yoga classes to team RWB. And I had the privilege and honor to do it here in Ann Arbor. And so I taught a a studio called red yoga and they use infrared uh, lights in the yoga and it's like a heated or a hot yoga. Uh, So I used the space and we had our community and it was 
it was a lot of fun. So, I mean, I don't think, so in terms of act, I, I haven't seen anyone connecting essential oils to trauma sensitive yoga and yoga therapy yet. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like how do the oils, um, work with the yoga? Like how, what benefit do the oils sure. bring? So I started a Instagram page called aroma.flow, um, because I, was tapped when I had finished this power yoga teacher training in November, 2014. So I was tapped by the yoga director at a hot yoga studio in Vegas, true fusion. And so they asked me, they said, we're starting this class and we want you to be the person to actually teach this class because we just thought you'd be perfect for it. And so they started aroma flow or they thought of the, they had the conceptualization of this class and, it was kind of created around me and then others have been teaching it as well. And so with aroma flow, I love essential oils and I love, I love the physical healing that can happen from essential oils. So it's important for me to know the oils don't treat, they don't diagnose, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. At the same time, there's definitely physical healing that I've I've experienced and countless other people have experienced as a result of utilizing essential oils. But I love even more than that, the emotional healing component, because yes. that has been something that has been helpful for me personally. 2014 was a really challenging year for me. And I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I realized that I had stepped on the toes of my fellows and they retaliated. And I didn't really like the way that they did but they did. And I had to kind of lie in the bed that I had made. And so I connected with God on what about me was the problem. And I was willing to do the work. And I did the work painstakingly, even though it didn't seem like anything, my relationships with these people were changing. And they were work colleagues. So it's kind of hard to get away. It's, it's not great when you're working in an environment where you are perceived as public enemy number one. And I'll tell you, the beautiful thing is I went to a doTERRA leadership convention, um, a leadership training, I should say, and something switched within me during that training. And I realized that I had been playing small to accommodate other people. And I realized that was not honoring to God, to myself, to my community to the world. Okay. And so it's, when you say, yeah. sorry to interrupt, when you say you're playing small, like, I love this. I love like this revelation that God gives us. Right. And we go, Oh my goodness. Like I can, I can do better. So what, what do you mean when you say you were playing small? Like how does that play out in life? Sure. So I think that there's a physical component of it and an emotional spiritual component of it. Right. So I am a, by most terms, a petite individual. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't take up much space. And so there's that piece, right? But I would almost hide when I was at work. I would take as little space as I could because I just didn't want to disrupt other people's experience. Their, um, the word is escaping me now. Like, but, did you feel like you weren't worthy to be there? So it bordered on that a little okay. bit, I would say. And it was very uncomfortable. So 
their existence. I encroached on their existence. That's the way I felt. And that's how people (laughs) helped me feel that way too. I felt that way, but it was also projected or put out there. And something switched when I, so, so there's that physical component, but then there's the emotional component too. So if you are in disagreement or if I'm in disagreement with you, for example, we will likely feel it. We'll feel this gap almost like a chasm, right? And this space. And so there was that, but you feel it emotionally too. Like I feel it in my gut. Like when I'm not right someone, I feel it in my body. And so it might be my heart racing. It might be my like stomach, like nausea and discomfort or GI complaints. And so that was all going on in 2014. I mean, I was not well um, physically. I was in a lot of pain. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder six and a half years ago, lupus. And so I was really struggling in 2014 because of stress. And I mean, my, I, my heart would be racing. I would have heart palpitations. I went to see a cardiologist Mm -hmm. and I realized, so I was using the oils too, right? I was using wild orange, for example, and I made a blend of balance elevation. So balance is a grounding blend or the oil of grounding elevation is the joyful blend, the oil of joy, serenity. It used to be called the calming blend and the oil of forgiveness, but now it's called the restful blend. And then wild orange, which is the oil of abundance. So I would rub, I would put that all in a roller ball, fill the rest with fractionated coconut oil, and I would rub it on my wrist, and I would rub my wrist together, and I'd put my hands together. So it looked like I was praying, which I kind of was always praying, yeah. but I was smelling my wrist so that no one would know what was going on. So when I had a huge work meeting, I would roll that on because those were the biggest triggers for me. So I go to the cardiologist. It turns out nothing is wrong. It's just stress. Yeah. Was it, it like panic attacks? Because that's what I had too. So, it felt like no, a heart attack. I, yeah, definitely. I've had those too. And it was not that I, – I was probably bordering on it. But I think that the oils probably saved me in that arena because I at least had tools. You know, I had tools. I have a loving life coach. I have like friends and community. Um, I have yoga, you know, and – and it's so funny, right? Like you're a yoga teacher. We know what to do and we oh, don't always do it. It's so right? true. It's so true. But I picked up the tools and I was grateful to have them. And I really got close to God during that time because I felt so alone in so much of my daily life. Yeah. And yeah. then something turned. So after this training, I shifted. Something shifted within me. And I was just kind of like, okay. I'm not going to do that anymore. That's not serving me or anyone else. And I just almost didn't care. I just did my job and I did it to the very best of my ability. And I just wasn't interested in the results. Meaning I wasn't interested in what other people had to, like, I just kind of was there and I owned it, but not in a prideful way. I, I learned a lot of humility that year too. And so it was definitely more, hum- my presence was definitely more humble, I would say. But I just wasn't, I realized I'm like, this is my job and this is my career path and this is something that I love. So I get to show up and serve. That's really what I'm going to do. And then around my birthday, a gal from work, and 
work, my manager at the time text messaged me and I was at the doTERRA convention in Salt Lake City and she said, when are you coming back? And I was like, that's weird. Um, well, I'm coming back Sunday night and they're like, oh, not tomorrow. And I was like, no. And so it turns out the long and short is that one of my colleagues decided to do a surprise yoga class for me for my birthday. Mm. And then they couldn't find a teacher. So they were going to surprise me with the class and then I was going to teach it. But the, the thought was not lost on me. I mean, just the effort and the, it was just very genuine and I hadn't been in agreement with this person, you know? So it was just, it was very humbling. And then they gave me a photograph of a young boy with his palms together bending down and he looks like he's praying and they wrote namaste the light in me honors the light in you. And they all signed around the photograph. I and that was, my that. and so that was something that for me was a huge turning point. And it just, it was humbling and it just filled my heart with gratitude and, and God worked through that too. And he just reconciled like, I was reconciled with my colleagues again, and it just... I love it. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you say you were humbled, but it sounds like they were humbled as well. I mean, they were putting out an olive branch with the yoga class and with the namaste and all of that. So, I mean, don't you feel like that's what we... I mean, you and I have talked about this, but just with the political climate in the country, that's what we need more of is just um, humility on both sides. Yeah. You know, everybody's so, um, I, I posted something on Facebook yesterday and I don't even know how, I don't even understand how it works. How do people see your Facebook when they're not your friends? But I guess friends yeah. of friends, anyway, random yeah. people commenting really rude things and you're like, what, what, what just happened? Um, so I just think there's just this level of, um, rudeness that so humility is a good word for kind of where we all need to be but okay so I love that you mentioned the oils obviously because I love the oils um and I love that you're putting them with yoga I think that is amazing it's like using all of our tools um together so when you're doing this aroma compassion therapy um So you're working, you mentioned like you're working with the first responders and the the ER, the physicians, the nurses, the military. Do most of these people know yoga or is all of this kind of new? You know how people, some people are, I mean, we're in, we're steeped in the community, but there's a lot of people who are like, think yoga and oils is kind of out there. Like, is is this something that they know about or is this new to them? So it, it all depends on the people. So I've had various, like I, when I was in Vegas teaching, there was a, uh, police officer and his wife that would come to my yoga classes pretty regularly as much as they could with his work schedule. And they had a young child. Um, so he would come to my classes and he was well aware of yoga, you know, and he really enjoyed it. It was hard to crack through though. But since I've been back home in Michigan, I have, because of some passions, which I think he wanted me to get into some of this stuff, but I have been in more contact with the sheriff's, the sheriff's office. Yeah. And it's not because I'm a troublemaker. I mean, I am a troublemaker, but I don't know the law or anything. So it's been good. And I went to something recently and maybe a couple weeks ago, I went to an FBI event. And so it was called chasing the dragon. And they did this film, this documentary 
about opioid addiction and how this is an epidemic in the nation. So a third of Americans are touched by addiction and alcoholism or substance use disorder, which is a huge number. I mean, one third, right? And so we went to Wayne County and I live in Washtenaw County now. And so I went to Wayne County and we spent time with FBI along with other community organizers. So there were social workers, there were nurses, and the nurses were saying that they've had higher incidences of babies born addicted to opioids, which So is, what's an opioid? Like what's an example? So an opioid, an example is morphine. Okay. An example is fentanyl, carfentanyl, um, and heroin. Mm. So, and they have various strengths. So carfentanyl is kind of new on the scene and it's actually a tranquilizer for large mammals. Really? So a snowflake size of carfentanyl is enough to kill any of us. Okay. This is so scary. It really is. And it's sad. So, and so we were talking, so Sue and I talk a lot and (laughs) I don't even know. I feel like everyone listening to this is so people that are listening, just so you know, you're coming in like midstream of like, as you can tell, a million different things that we love and have in common and love to talk about. And so um, I just, I love it because it is kind of funny, but that's what I wanted when I started this podcast is for everyone to feel like they were a fly on the wall, um, listening into conversations that are just how friends talk, right? So it doesn't have to be this formal, like with questions laid out or anything, just kind of see where the spirit leads. So I love it. And, um, I just appreciate you being open to it. But yeah, so where were you going? I, I interrupted. Okay, so yeah. Um, so, well, because you and I had talked and, and so Sue's been on my podcast, the Type yes. A podcast. You guys have to go listen to it. I'll put the link in the website. So totally, yeah. So it's SheCast episode seven for that one. But um, so yeah, the so it started, I guess, historically, I would say that in the 70s, 80s, right, with a crack, um, with crack crack cocaine. And so sadly for our country, we criminalized addiction at that point. And so a lot of people, there are still people sitting in prisons, incarcerated for small amounts. So nonviolent offenders for drug convictions and uh, crimes related to drugs. And so there have been pardons. Yes. But now we're taking a different approach. I actually wrote a piece and I'll send you the link uh, to about how the war on drugs has changed tunes because one thing that was hopeful. So I kind of started this hashtag that I haven't really been using as much as hope rising, you know, even with the political climate, even with this epidemic, I do feel that because we're having these conversations to your point, we have more of a chance when we shut ourselves out of one another's lives. then how do we know what's going on and how do I know what pains you and you know what pains me and how do we know to pray for each other and, have hope and to talk and cry together and laugh together. Like, how do we know? Because we've just shut ourselves out. So this, you know, I'm devoted to substance use disorder, like advocacy work around substance use disorder, which is alcoholism and addiction recovery, and then also mental illness. So I write for a magazine called Mentality Magazine, and it's a U of M student publication. 
And then with the substance use disorder, I've had a lot of guests on my own podcast to talk about their own experiences with recovery. And I feel like we're all in recovery from something. Yeah. So it's like, what do I want to look at? I mean, I had a 20 year eating disorder and food is something that I cannot get away from. Right. Or I could say that I used to do one thing and I decided it wasn't healthy for me. And so the divine switch courses for me or spirit switch courses, whatever terminology for God that you choose to use, you know? Um, and then the third thing that I'm really passionate about is advocacy around sexual assault. So providing support and resources. So I work for an organization, an amazing organization called, I shouldn't say I work for them. I volunteer for a safe house center and they provide free resources and support to survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. And so one of the reasons I started my podcast is to change the conversations around these three issues Yeah, because we ask the wrong questions and it's kind of like when we've gotten, and I'm sure you've gotten it too, like when people hear about my faith perspective, there was one guy in particular that I was getting to know and I thought that I liked him and then I realized I really didn't like (laughs) him because he was so judgmental and he was really scared for my soul and thought that yoga was evil. And I was trying to tell him and then I finally just had to block him because I said, I mean, I cannot, I can't have this conversation with you because I don't need you saving me. Like I have a savior and I, I'm good. Well, we you know? don't do the saving. Like, oh. I know you think you're important and all, but oh, that's not exactly. for you to do. <laughs> I'm good. I am so good, you know? Um, and I am grateful for people who care about me, but then there's a way to care. And then there's a way that isn't great. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. No, but I love all that stuff that you're doing and, and, um, for recovery and addiction. And I think all of, all of it starts with, like you said, changing the conversation, but also just an awareness of self, right? That's right. So even when you started and you started talking about, you know, humility and, and then going into recovery and all of that, it's like, until we take a look at ourselves and say, all right, where am I? What's happening? And, and then how, and I was even saying to Chi earlier before we started talking, um, on tape, um, I have realized in my own life, I have a hard time asking for help. Sure. And I think that's pretty common. And I think that um, what's so great about what you're doing is you're offering to help, but it's in such a non-threatening way. Like you just mentioned, somebody wanted to save you, you know, wanted to change you, wanted to like tell you what to do, right? And, And so, but what you're offering is these options, you know, through yoga and through aromatherapy and through um, all of the things that you're doing, these are... I guess I want to say like soft, graceful options for people yeah. to find healing in a non-threatening way right. um, from someone who, I mean, you're just coming from your heart of wanting to help. And so I love that. And I love knowing that it's out there. I love knowing that there's people like you doing um, this work. And I also went through the trauma sensitive holy yoga training. And for me, like, honestly, um, knowing how our body, you and I, you showed me a book today, um, Mm -hmm. healing trauma through yoga. 
And um, we have uh, The Body Keeps the Score and all of those books. And it's just so amazing. Even what you said earlier when you were saying, and my heart was beating so fast. Or earlier you were telling me a story and you were like, and then when he said that, my stomach dropped. Yeah. And so when we're aware, and you know, I think what happens in life, and this is part of the addiction piece too, is we start to feel the feelings and we don't want to feel the feelings. Right. So we go, all right, well, how do I make that go away? I numb out. You know, and so even just talking about it in a way where people understand, like, like you said, we're all addicted to something. We've all got some way of numbing. That's right. You know, sometimes I even think like my addiction to um, like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills could be numbing, right? That's numbing. So true. (laughs) It's so true. I mean, because who really wants to flip on the news and see what's going on? And at the same time, I do feel more than ever that I do have a responsibility. So like me playing small could be me just zoning out and watching, I don't know, Orange is the New Black or, right, you right. know, All or Nothing or any just, number of programs. Stranger Things. Did you ever watch Stranger no, Things? I didn't. Oh. Anyway, oh, it's only eight episodes, but it's scary. Like really? Stephen King-ish. Oh, but also kind of like sci-fi. Oh, is it? Um, okay. It's just really good. It's on Netflix right now. Sorry. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, you know, I'll do that. I'll get into a show or something. And part of it's for entertainment. And I think that's okay Absolutely. because balance is really important. But I think we can tend to escape into all of that as well. But I even think during the election, people were watching way too much news. It was oh, yeah. almost like making us all crazy. Yeah. Um, a lot. Well, and you could never, I mean... Really, what's the real story? I mean, I know what I read, and I can generally decipher certain things, right? I'm I'm an intelligent young woman, and at the same time, there's not a hundred percent certain. Like, I don't know, right? The, yeah, I only can make decisions, my best guess decisions, based on the information that I have. And then the next question is, where is the source of the information that you have? like? And it's on all sides. Like, that's one of the things, I mean, we've talked a lot about, I mean, I've heard a lot, especially on online, about, like, echo chambers. And I was just listening to a podcast yesterday. Did you ever listen to Serial? No. The podcast? Okay. So it's about a kid who was convicted of murdering his ex-girlfriend. When he was 17, which is so sad because yeah. he's been in prison for 16, 17 years at this point. Right. Um, and so Serial went through it as an investigative journalist. Um, she's not even an investigative journalist. She's a journalist. And then now Undisclosed is going back and it's kind of a piggyback off of Serial and it's three attorneys. And one of the attorneys is a family friend of a non the young man who is still incarcerated in Maryland. And so it's really, really good. But, um, one of the attorneys, she mentioned that even during the trial, there was like this echo chamber in terms of, I mean, the work was such, it was done in such a shoddy manner that they didn't explore anything beyond they kind of in their mind had an idea and of the, perpetrator and they did not 
do any work to wow. take, which is sad because this is someone's life, right? Yes. So I think that sometimes we take the easy route and we just stay with what's comfortable for us and we don't get out. And that's one of the, I call myself sweet and spicy and yeah. that's why I'm like the type A hippie. Yeah. I ask the questions that are not always easy to, yeah. <laughs> but I do it with a smile. So it's a little bit easy. Like, I'm not going to cuss you out. I will just yeah. ask you, you know, and let's have a conversation, even if it's heated, even if, yeah. as long as it's respectful and we're getting some information exchange, informational exchange, it's, well, I, I just like- thought of something when you were talking about, um, because I think taking the easy road and not changing or not being willing to look and take a good look or even just say, you know, I think it's easy in our society to be like, well, like I'm not feeling good in this arena and it's your fault, like to point That's outward, true. right? But it's really hard to look inward. But I read this quote today. I have to share it with you. I just thought of it and I wrote it down in my journal and then I wrote, bam, <laughs> Um, but it says, if you have faith in yourself, you will accept changes easily. You won't be afraid of who you might become. Mm. Because I think it's kind of like that Marianne Williamson quote about yeah. we're not, we're afraid of our light. That's like we right. Say, who are we to be relevant and fabulous and beautiful? That's well, you, that's exactly who you're called to be. Exactly. Right. And so the trauma, the stress, the drugs, the alcohol, all of that is only hiding this beautiful, magnificent, fabulous, wonderful person. That's true. Right. So then when we say, hey, I've got something blocking the best person I could be. Um, how do I deal with that? And then you get to come in with like yogas and oils and just talking to people and and faith, right? And just believing for something better for yourself. Absolutely. I love it. It's so good. It's like, um, I don't know if I said this before we got, we recorded. So Sue and I were talking for a long time before we hit record. <laughs> like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had said that Glennon Doyle Mountain wrote something about being, um, building bridges for 2017. Yeah. And I love that because it does demonstrate humility. And I think she wrote about humility in the post itself on Instagram. You know, it's because I can stand it in the sand and dig my heels in all I want to. And I will likely end up by myself. So I'll be all by myself, right? (laughs) Like, but I'll be right. Like, and it's like, but are you really, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, there's well, so and many- what, what hill do you want to die on? I mean, yeah. honestly, like w- sometimes I realize I didn't know what I was just talking about. Like I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. It's embarrassing. Yep. So it's- I've learned like humility is a, a lot of times means shut your mouth. Absolutely. For me personally, right? Like just don't say anything right now. Um, because it falls out and you realize, oh, what I originally thought you know, I was blinded by something. Totally. Well, and the thing is, I, you know, I've said to people, I'm like, I'm often wrong. There's very few things that I'm absolutely 100% positive about. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm clear that I'm loved. I'm clear that I have value. Mm -hmm. And I'm clear that you're loved and you have value, you know, because 
I am you and you are me. There are no others. And once I get that concrete, you know, that eliminates the us versus them. And then I can just be here with you and we can have a conversation, even a difficult conversation, which you and I have had plenty of, you know, different. I mean, we've had, we have differing opinions about various things, not, not too much, but we do have some differing opinions and that's okay. But it's like when someone comes to the table and it's like asking, I think they're stupid questions and I don't have a problem saying this to someone. Well, what was she wearing when she was sexually assaulted or was she inebriated? We're not going to ask those questions anymore because that's irrelevant. Like the perpetrator decided to take advantage period end of story. And they committed a crime, right? Totally. And I think I, I hope and pray we're so past that. Remember that one movie with Jodie Foster? Um, what was it when she got raped in the bar? And it was it was all about this. It was like in the 80s. Um, yeah. I can't think of the name of it. I can't um, either. But I feel like we have come. I mean, I know we're not there, mm-hmm. but we've come far in that arena where people understand. But, but then you have the case of the kid at the college campus who, yeah. you know, that was like, astounding you're like are you joking like with totally. you know, the sense of entitlement and the yep. father like the 20 minutes of action or I mean yeah. I was just like what um yeah. so yeah there's so much work to be done still yeah. and a lot of it's again awareness yeah education you know totally. speaking about these things that are really hard I think that's part of the problem with sex trafficking too is when I try to talk to people about it it's very upsetting yes it's just very upsetting all of this is um yeah but we have to be willing to bring the light into the dark. The only way to do anything is, you know, good and, and healing work is to, to shine the light where it needs to be healed. And it's so true. You know, we're, we're a hot mess as a country yeah. and as, as yeah. just people. Yeah. Um, right. So, it's, but it's, it's okay. so true. Yeah. The, well, and the thing is, I mean, when you said this, it made me think, when people get upset, people that are living in a cush reality and they're like, oh, I don't want to hear about that, whether it's racism or sexism or xenophobia, like any of the isms, right, that are that do have a grip on our society, sadly. I'm like, well, how do you think the person that's experiencing this feels, you know, like they don't want to deal with it either. <laughs> exactly. We have got to get outside of ourselves because we just seem to be so self-centered and just not thinking about anything else. Now, I do, I'm all about healthy boundaries. I'm all about, there's only so much that I personally, Chidima Ozor, can do. Like, I'm clear about that, right? And I'm not a martyr. So I don't don't do this every day. Like, I, I do it every day, but I don't do it every day, you know? Like, there's a reason I'm not on call with Safe House Center every night because that's just right. too much, you know. Um, and every time I'm on call and I get calls, I'm the first thought is always, I wish we didn't have to exist. Mm-hmm. Really, I wish people didn't hurt one another like this. And then the next thought is, I'm so grateful that we exist so that we can be there for someone in their darkest hour mm-hmm. and provide light because I don't appreciate light without the darkness. Yes. And at the same time, I'm so glad that there are light workers besides myself, like you, you know, like you and I were texting and I was like, you have got to smell the hope oil, you know, which actually benefits our, which is an organization that helps 
to eliminate sex trafficking, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of darkness in our world, sadly. Yeah. And I get hope though, because there are a lot of people who are like, screw that. I'm not sitting back anymore. I'm not going to be quiet. I am going to do something and I'm going to raise my voice and I'm going to amplify the voices of the people that need it most. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to advocate on behalf of other people, um, the voiceless, the ones that are unseen, the others, and be there, you know, That's and live beautiful. alongside them. I love that. I love you, Chi. I love you too. We have to stop talking. Well, we actually just have to stop recording because people have heard enough. But we won't stop talking. So um, that's right. But I just love everything about you. I think you're so awesome. And I'm going to share all of this. I've been writing down all of the details, but I want you to share some links with me too. And I'll put it on the website. Um, and maybe we'll have to chat again because I want to hear how all of this is going for you. And yes. I just wish you all the best with it. I know Thank it'll you. be amazing and you'll be so, such a blessing. You already are, but um, God has great plans to just use you in such a powerful way. So, Thank you so much. Yeah, no, and it's, it's an honor to be here and I'm so grateful that you asked me. And yeah, we'll definitely have to connect again, both here and on my podcast because why this not? Because it's fun. Because <laughs> we can. Because we can. Why All right. Not? Well, um, thank you. I love you. And um, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>